0: Thanks for listening to the podcast from River's Edge Church in Spokane, Washington. For more information or to gather with us on Sundays, please visit our website at respokane.org. We hope this message is impactful for you and others as we pursue the way of Jesus together. Hi, River's Edge, and welcome to our second episode of the Midweek Podcast. I'm Matt Deason, and I'm here with Tracy and Jannie Batterton, who have asked to join me for this episode as we unpack together what it looks like to navigate this unique moment that we're in. Uh, This week, the coronavirus has continued to have a massive impact on the world's population and the world economy. We've got hundreds of millions of people all over the world who are sheltering in place. Uh, As a ray of hope, some countries seem to have gotten through the thick of it and be coming out the other side. But in our country and even in our city, numbers seem to be on the rise. And based on the information we're getting from the government, it seems like we've got at least another month or more uh, before some of these restrictions start lifting and we start on the path back to normal. But no one really seems to know uh, how this is going to play out and what the future holds or even how we would even begin to ease back into things. So uh, for the foreseeable future, over these next few weeks and potentially months, we will be recording this midweek podcast uh, purely for the purpose of helping our community navigate this moment that we're in and figuring out what it looks like for us to flourish as disciples of Jesus. Uh, Last week we talked about uh, redeeming the time and sort of waking up to the moment that we're in, treating this time as our 40 days in the desert from which we hope to emerge stronger than ever. And this week we wanted to tackle the issue of fear. In this moment of global uncertainty and crisis, one of the things that is really dominating people's lives right now seems to be fear. And I think there are several reasons for that. Uh, Most people are watching way too much news, and I think that tends to blow things out of proportion a little bit and put our fear and anxiety through the roof. But I think one of the unique things about this crisis is that it's been so isolating for people. In uh, most times of crisis, people actually come together in a unique way. And so while things are hard, uh, there can actually be positive effects in uh, many crises in terms of emotional and mental health. Uh, I think of 9-11 and the way our country pulled together to respond, or even uh, the Nazi bombardment of London, in which people were under constant threat of death, but overall rates of depression went down during the crisis and then rose back up when the threat had passed. Uh, Because there's something about uh, times of war or crisis that tend to bring people together with a sense of joint purpose and community uh, that can be so good for us. But COVID-19 is in a totally different class because by definition, you're supposed to be isolated. And we um, actually have permission from the state government to bring limited numbers of people together for the purpose of broadcasting religious services, which is why the three of us are able to gather and record this podcast. But outside of that, the government has asked us to remain isolated, as isolated as possible. And I think that only further sets the scene for fear and anxiety to run rampant. Uh, Those things tend to have way more power in isolation than they ever do in community. And so for a number of reasons that are all kind of converging together, I think a ton of people are slipping into fear over faith. And we want to talk about that this morning. But before we do... Uh, Tracy and Jannie, maybe you guys could start by just sharing from your own lives on how COVID-19 uh, has uh, shaped the last few weeks.
1: Yeah, thanks, Matt. It's interesting. The last two months, really the last uh, since the end of January for me, have been so, uh, so filled with change. Um, you might recall that I was in the Philippines in mid-January. My return flight was on January 20th. And I was coming from Manila, my transfer flight was in Taipei, uh, then on to Seattle. And it was the very next day on January 21st that the CDC and Washington State announced the first official case of COVID-19 in the United States was found in Seattle. So here I was, I'd just gotten off a flight that transferred from China to Seattle. And when I'm getting home that morning, listening to the news, I'm hearing of this disease for the first time. So you can imagine, I spent a couple of weeks wondering what's going on, what's going to happen to me, what could happen. So I isolated myself a little bit. On top of that, I worked for Providence Health Systems as a chaplain, and by the end of January, really the first couple weeks in February, we were receiving daily updates to how we're to provide care, real-time data about COVID-19 in Spokane, and uh, it was just bombarded with information, and not really knowing how to how to take all this information in and then allow it to affect how we live. I think everyone hearing this conversation today would agree that we're in a time of uncertainty and change, and some degree of anxiety and fear. Everyone has experienced that. One of the things I remembered back uh, from my training as a chaplain was that uh, what we are experiencing is a normal response to an abnormal event. And so that's kind of the thing that we're hoping that we can flesh out today as we talk this through.
2: Yes. For me, this has been a really interesting time also. And I didn't really realize how much we were actually doing with my work and church and family until it all sort of came to a screeching halt a couple of weeks ago. And since then, we've been really trying to simplify our life and incorporate some of the practices that Matt's been teaching about. It's definitely given us more time for prayer and reading and cleaning out closets. We've also had a full house. Sarah and Ian have been here visiting and Colter's been home. So we're actually starting to run out of toilet paper and might be calling on some of our church family to help us out. I'm kidding. We have had some really good family times, sharing meals and playing games together. And I've also had the unique job of trying to navigate teaching elementary science from home, which has also been a new experience for me.
0: Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, Well, I want to shift a little bit into talking about uh, faith versus fear, because really I think fear is one of the things that has characterized or marked these last few weeks for probably for most people. Uh, Fear of getting the virus or losing loved ones, Uh, fear over job loss and economic concerns, and just a general sense of fear. Uh, Most of us are not feeling very in control of our lives right now. Uh, which is really hard for us as Americans. Most of us are feeling disoriented or off-kilter. We have no context for all of the changes that are happening, and we don't really know what's going to happen next or how long we'll be here. And that just leaves a ton of room for fear and anxiety. And there's just a few snapshots of that. I had a family member text me the other day, just two words in the text message. It just said, I'm scared. And I thought about it for, for a minute and kind of sent a text back and asked them, like, are you afraid that you'll get the virus? And they said, no, I'm just scared. Like, I, I'm just scared, like, for everyone, just for the situation. It was just this sort of vague, generalized sense of fear that um, wasn't easy to articulate or pin to a specific source. And so I think many of us fall into that category of watching way too much of the news and then just feeling uh, afraid and anxious but not really knowing why exactly like not being able to root that or articulate it very well but then you've also got the uncertainty which I think really drives many of us crazy and I was talking to my sister and she runs her own business in Palm Springs and she doesn't know she's debating right now like do I sell all of my business stuff and the expenses that go with that and just let go of the business completely and maybe never get it back again and just go out and look for an entry-level job or do I wait it out and see if I can kind of run off of fumes until things start reopening again? And she was processing that and she said, the worst thing for me is just the unknown. You can tell me the worst stuff in the world is coming and if I know it's coming, then I'm okay. But it's the uncertainty that's killing me. I just don't know what to do with with the uncertainty. I don't do well with that. And I think that really speaks to the experience of a lot of people. I think there are millions of us who are feeling that sense of uncertainty. And then sure enough, you're sheltering at home and you do turn on the news. And they're talking about how numbers are still on the rise. And it's killing more young people than it was before. And it's able to survive and spread better than ever. And Americans aren't good at following rules and sheltering at home. But if we don't shelter at home, then the death toll is going to be in the millions. And it's all a bit kind of unnerving. And so last episode, we talked about redeeming the time and really waking up to the moment that we're in. But I think another huge issue that we have to tackle is just navigating the fear that is so prevalent right now, because in some sense, it's the air that we breathe, and yet, as followers of Jesus, we are more equipped to navigate these situations than anyone else on the planet. And we want to explore what that looks like this morning. So, I want to start by uh, turning it over to you guys, uh, Tracy and Jannie. Any initial thoughts on the atmosphere of fear and how we might navigate that as
1: followers of Jesus? Yeah, that that's a great uh, great way to segue into this conversation about what the Bible has to say about fear, I think. Um, one of the things I've been thinking about over the past couple of weeks is how to navigate this season. And it's really the same way for me that the early church did. It's through prayer and the ministry of the word or the word of God. It's interesting that we've been in this um, kind of season as a church family of, of practicing the way of Jesus, of spending time in, in the spiritual disciplines and those very things that we have been practicing and learning about are the things that give us the stability to face the unknown, like you just talked about, Matt. the 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 Bible, over and over again, we hear these words from God: "Fear not, do not fear." And whether it was to Moses or Joshua or King David, God is continually reminding us to trust Him, that He is with us. I'm always reminded of of stories uh, like Moses and. And the Israelites as they faced uh, Pharaoh and the Red Sea. And in Exodus fourteen thirteen, the people are afraid. And God goes to Moses and he gives them those words that say, you know, the, the enemy that you see before you, you will never see again because I will fight for you. And what was required of the people was just to be still, to be still and realize that God is with us. Um, A few hundred or a few years later, when Joshua, uh, after Moses had died and Joshua was about to take over, leading uh, leading the people into the promised land. And he was afraid and he uh, and God had to come to him. And in the early chapter of Moses uh, of Joshua, chapter one, God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Some of the mightiest people in all of Scripture, and all of history, were afraid. Fear is a normal human response. Fear is what keeps us alive in certain situations. Fear of, of uh, maybe a, a wild animal attacking if you're out in the wilderness or something like that. But what we're talking about here is the fear of, that we want to give over to God, that we want to allow God to take, to take and and to hold for us. Isaiah forty one ten. These words: uh, "So do not fear, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will ath- uphold you with my righteous right hand." And and throughout Scripture, we see these words over and over again. God not saying, God is expecting us to be afraid but he's giving us the way through that fear. And uh, just recently, I was, reach, I was reached out to by one of my friends uh, in uh, the African continent. His name is Tonkisu, and he leads a church in Lesotho, which is a, a country in the middle of South Africa. And he, he shared these uh, words, which were just a great word uh, of encouragement. Um, it, it's about the story of David and Goliath. And this is what Tonki Su had to say. He said, fear magnifies the problem and forgets God's power. But faith magnifies God and forgets the problem. Fear mentions the problem more than God. But faith mentions the name of the Lord more than the problem. And isn't that what we see right now in, in our social media or just in the media, uh, wanting to kind of hype this thing up? So this is what he said. What am I saying? For many days, we've been mentioning the name coronavirus more than the name of the Lord. We praise the virus with our words more than the Lord. Remember, what you fear will one day catch up with you according to Job in the Bible. And let's switch from praising the coronavirus to praising God. Let's stop telling God how dangerous the coronavirus is and start telling the coronavirus how big our God is. David never mentioned the name of Goliath. He kept calling him the Philistine, and he made him irrelevant. King Saul used to say how big and experienced and dangerous Goliath was, but David changed the narrative. He told Saul how big God is and how much more powerful God is than Goliath. And he also told Goliath how big God is. He told Goliath, all our battles belong to God. And I'm here to tell you, that our God is bigger than Goliath, and our God is bigger than Corona. Yes, God is bigger than the coronavirus. Jesus is bigger than the coronavirus. The blood of Jesus is sufficient. And this is what Tonky Sue ended with watch your words and change your world.
2: Wow, that's really encouraging. So from my perspective, I, this pandemic has caused me really to be fearful and anxious at times. It, it seems like I agree with Matt that the news is projecting fear and giving us worst case scenarios day and night, night and day. So I've definitely been limiting my time in the news. And even as an older person, I've been trying not to worry about either Tracy or I contracting the virus. Plus we also, Tracy and I have three kids working in hospitals, which has also brought some anxiety with the shortage of masks and supplies. And so just a couple of ways that I've been combating any fears or anxious thoughts have been spending time with Jesus in prayer and worship, and then also spending time in the Psalms. And Psalm 91 has been a real encouragement to me over the last week. And I'm just going to read it to you. It says, Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust in him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers and shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection and I, I don't necessarily think that this passage guarantees that we're not gonna get sick or get the virus but I do think that it's about trusting God and believing that he's faithful and that his promises are true so we're constantly surrounded by dangerous circumstances I have a friend that has stage 4 cancer I have some family members that have talked to me about financial stress And I think um, what God's reminding me is that my safety and protection and peace is found in his presence and by abiding in him, which is easier said than done sometimes for sure. God also gave me this simple scripture today, this morning, when I was reading that really spoke volumes to me. It said, be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you well. And I know that this is in the context of healing, but it struck me as profound because it's faith in God and his power that actually makes me well and frees me from fear and anxiety so I can rest in his presence. So I'm really looking forward to our fasting and prayer time tomorrow, just to focus my eyes and my heart on him so I can live in his peace during these uncertain times.
1: That's so good, Jenny. I, um, I loved what you said about being in the presence of God and abiding in him. And it reminds me of Jesus' words to his disciples in John 14, John 14 through 17. It's called the Upper Room Discourse. And Jesus is gathered with his closest friends. It's the night before he's going to be crucified. And uh, these words, he's talking to them about what's going to happen. And he shares these words uh, in John 14, starting in verse 5. He says, All this I've spoken while I'm still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. These were Jesus' words himself that he was sending the Holy Spirit whom we now have. It's the presence of God in us. And it's exactly what helps us get through circumstances like we're facing right now.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, I love what you were saying about how we can trace this kind of theme of uh, fear versus peace or fear versus faith, kind of cover to cover through the scriptures. And uh, you can start in the beginning and just kind of walk your way through. And I recently heard somebody say it's actually the most common command in all of scripture, cover to cover, is God telling his people, do not be afraid. Uh, And so, like, God knows this is something that we deal with and something that we wrestle with or else he wouldn't be saying it all the time. Uh, And yet he's commanding that because it's really possible and i i think that there's so many directions we could go but i think it's worth mentioning that we if when we when we yield to fear and start and we let that dominate our minds and we start making our decisions out of fear and acting out of fear we really make poor decisions uh, by the biblical standard and so this whole concept of like faith versus fear To me, it's more than just like anxiety like, oh, I feel really anxious. I'd like to feel really peaceful. um, And I just want to like a self-medicating thing. Like I just I just want to feel better. So like teach me how to do this. I think it actually is a lot bigger than that in that. When we feel fearful, and you saw this especially with a couple of these big unprecedented announcements that that happened and restrictions that were put in place. What happens when we get fearful, fear, fear and love are naturally at odds with one another. And so when we allow fear to dominate us, the typical human response is to withdraw from others and, and in some sense from God. Uh, and kind of retract our resources, and we instantly kind of clam up a little bit and start to get sort of stingy and self-centered, and we slip into this mentality of, hey, every man for himself, and instead of being other-centered and operating in love, which is the greatest command in, in all of Scripture. And so you you have these two things that are going to be at war within you. Yes, it's very natural to feel some sense of fear, but if you let the, it, actually, can rise to I don't know what you'd call it, an unnatural level or something, where it dominates and kind of throws our life with God uh, out of whack. And so there's the regular fear, which is which you were talking about, Tracy, which is Hey, I'm in the woods. If I don't have a natural fear of that bear, I'm probably going to get eaten by that bear or whatever it is. If I'm out in the road and I see a car coming, like something better kick me into gear, or else I'm going to get hit by that car. Uh, and so you have those like specific. You perceive a real danger and you act according to it but i think what we're seeing right now is just this general sense of fear and anxiety kind of rooted in that 24-hour news cycle rooted in uncertainty and economic fears and just so it just turns into this kind of like vague but very real generalized sense of fear and i think that becomes really unhealthy and it tends to uh, cause anxiety and even depression it tends to stifle our love and our creativity and lead us into um, just, just a really kind of darker, negative place. Uh, it, it causes, I think, almost a spiritual paralysis of sorts, where we, our, our life with God can become arrested by this fear. And I love what Tonkisu said of like, how many times have you heard, you know, coronavirus or, or COVID 19 in the last few weeks? Okay, how many times have you heard people talk about God? Or how many times have you talked to yourself about that and just like preach to yourself? We're way, way out of whack and out of balance. And so you get a lot of unnatural fears and anxieties. Uh, and Paul says, hey, you haven't been given a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. Um, and and so not only do we have these really clear statements in Scripture, but I even I, I just pulled a couple of statements from um, one from Luke and one from Hebrews talking about like Jesus and his role, like who he who he is and who why he came. One statement is it says, Jesus came to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear. And I just think about that. Like what does it look like to serve God without fear right now? Uh, and then Hebrews 2.15 says, uh, Jesus came to free those. I love this. It says he came to free those all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Uh, and I just thought that's such a profound statement. Like, that's part of what Jesus is doing. What does he free you from? Well, he frees you from past sin and consequences. He frees you, you know, to have this hope and eternal life. But he's also freeing you right here and right now uh, from being held in slavery by your fear of death. And I think that's this huge liberating freedom uh, that only Christ can give us. That we should be walking in right now. Uh, John four says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And so, so Jesus comes with this perfect love, with this hope and eternal life, and He says, "Hey, you're not in slavery anymore. You are not. In, you're not. Not only are you freed from the power of sin, but you're freed from the fear of death, uh, which again starts as a natural impulse, but can come to." Uh, dominate our lives and, and spin us into uh, unhealthy places. Uh, and so, I, I think that there's there's wisdom. Um, like, we're called to live with wisdom right now. And wisdom might actually say, hey, stay in your homes and follow these guidelines and, and, you know, do all of these things and, you know, respect those and the governing authority and all of this stuff. So, there you you can say, hey, there's wisdom in this. I'm going to follow these guidelines, but I'm going to follow them without living in fear. And I, I think that's this giant piece that we usually miss. It's that, oh my gosh, the news is so amped up and I'm so fearful, and that's why I need to follow these guidelines. And honestly, I'm, I'm sure that the, the government is just... Thriving off that right now, like, well, how are we going to get hundreds of millions of Americans to follow these guidelines? Well, you know, a whole lot of fear isn't going to isn't going to hurt in accomplishing that end. So, from from the big picture, like, kind of government perspective, I think it's great. But from life with God, we say, no, 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 we can we can follow those out of a simple sense of wisdom, but we can do that without fear. Like, you can follow those guidelines and be perfectly at peace with whatever. The future holds. Uh, and I think that's kind of the, this, this, this place we need to learn to hang out in for the next couple of weeks as followers of Jesus to say, I hear what you're saying. I hear the, the, that the volume of, you know, the news and the fear that's involved in that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Like, I'm willing to, to shelter at home or, you know, do whatever the government's recommending, but I'm going to do it without living in fear. Uh, and I just think of the, the teachings of Jesus who says, who by worrying can add a single hour to their life. Uh, well, right now, millions of us are really truly believe that we can add hours to our life by worrying about it and living in fear over it. And so I think there's this, there's this whole other realm that we can operate in as followers of Jesus where we say, we're going to do what's wise. We're going to honor the governing authorities uh, to the extent that that we can. And but we're not going to worry. Like we're not going to live in fear. We're not going to let those things um, grip us. And uh, there's this there's this killer quote that I have here from C.S. Lewis, and uh, we, it's been getting passed around from some of the people in our community. Uh, Kelly sent me this the other day, and he said in his text message, C.S. Lewis on the coronavirus. Uh, which was a joke, obviously, because they're decades removed. But this is, this is the words of C.S. Lewis talking to his generation about their fear of the atomic bomb. And I just want to read this quote for us. C.S. Lewis says, In one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in an atomic age? I am tempted to reply, why as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night, or indeed, as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words... Do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented, and quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. We had, indeed, one very great advantage over our ancestors, anesthetics, but we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. This is the first point to be made, and the first action to be taken, is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb when it comes find us doing sensible and human things praying working teaching reading listening to music bathing the children playing tennis chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs they may break our bodies a microbe can do that but they need not dominate our minds. And I love what C.S. Lewis says in this about just doing human things. Like don't huddle in a corner like frightened sheep thinking about bombs, but be uh, engaging in human things. Like use wisdom, but be operating in a way that isn't dominated by fear. Uh, Any thoughts on
1: that? Yeah, it just reminds me of this constant barrage of this phrase social distancing that we're faced with. And one of the things I've been doing recently in talking to family and friends and even some of my patients is is sharing with them, let's try to distance ourselves physically, but we were created to be social beings. We were created for relationship and God would want us to continue to reach out, to continue to pray for one another. All of the context of the verses that we talked about earlier we're all spoken in relationship, either God talking to Moses or God talking to Joshua or God's or or David speaking directly to Saul um, and Jesus speaking to his disciple. It's all in the context of relationship. So we don't want to lose sight of the fact that even in this physical distancing we find ourselves, we're still wanting to be human towards one another, to reach out to one another, to share with one another, to smile to our neighbors to um to 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 reach out and call our parents and say how's your day going
2: Yeah this has brought up a really great opportunity for me we, I called some of my friends down in California just to check in and we had a Zoom chat and just spent some time talking about things and one of the questions that you know came up was are you are you afraid are you scared because they're really facing some big numbers coming out in the media down there and so we just had an opportunity to share about our hope and our, our trust being in, in God and that even no matter what happens, we can still rest in Him.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a great segue to the final question that I want to pose as we uh, end the podcast this morning. Uh, and the, the, the final question is, what is the role of faith in this moment? Uh, we've been talking about faith versus fear. So, okay, we have a snapshot of like fear, where our fear is coming from, maybe how we might start getting a handle on that. Uh, but what is our faith in? Like, what does it mean to say like, oh no, I'm not afraid, I have faith. Um, are we saying like, I have faith that I won't get the virus or that I won't suffer economic harm? Uh, or is it something deeper than that? Um, any any thoughts on uh, exercising faith in this moment. What do, what do we mean by that?
1: I I think for me and for, for a lot of us, it comes down to to what are we going to believe? Um, Joshua at the end of Joshua, the book of Joshua, I think it's in chapter 24. He asked the people, you know, choose whom, choose this day whom you will serve as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, uh, a, a friend of mine once said safety is not found in the absence of danger safety is found in the presence of god so do we believe that do we believe that god is with us do do we believe god at his word that he he is going to be with us through any circumstance and holding on to that through prayer through to reading the word of god through reaching out to one another in relationship and fellowship that's how we exercise this faith
2: i was just reminded of daniel 3 And what's going on in that passage is King Nebuchadnezzar is talking about throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And he says, if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up.
0: Oh, I love that. And I love the the tension, the tension that's captured there between like, No, our God can absolutely rescue us from the flames, and we have total faith in that. kind of goes back to what Tonkisu was saying about how, like, no, 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 you speak to the virus about how big God is. You're not, like, coming to God, like, God, do you see what's happening? You see how big the virus is? Like, you you rebuke the virus. Like, you you talk to the virus about how big our God is, and you see that in the beginning of, like, oh, no, you can throw us into that fiery furnace, and, like, our God will rescue us. Uh, But then it's followed immediately by this. But if he doesn't, like, even if I go, even if I literally go down in flames, like, if, if I die in this moment, I want you to know, like, we, I, I still have this hope, like, we're still not going to bend, we're still not going to break, and I think there's something to be said about carrying both of those in intention almost, of, like, having faith in God's goodness, and his power to heal, and and his power to protect, and all of that, but then also saying, yeah, but even if he doesn't, um, I can open up scripture, and I have one promise after the next promise after the next promise. Like if you're a follower of Jesus and you're listening to this, you will rise from the dead. Like just think about the radical nature of that hope. Uh, and so I think when it comes to what does it mean to exercise faith over fear? Uh, to me, it means that we're resting in the goodness of God and we're celebrating the promises of God regardless of our of our circumstances. And I was chatting with Donald before our podcast last week, and um, he just made some comment about how, oh yeah, like no matter what happens, uh, we'll we'll be okay, like we'll be fine. And my first thought was, like, wait a second, is he saying no one in my family will get the virus? None of us will lose our jobs? Like, every, you know, we'll be fine. Um, in that sense. And as we kept talking, I realized, no, that's not at all what he's saying. What he's saying is regardless of what comes, God is still good and God will lead us through it. Um, And that's a very different type of faith. I think sometimes we can slip into, oh, I have faith that I won't get sick. I have faith that, you know, my, my stock portfolio is going to be awesome. I have faith in, in, you know, that I won't lose my job or whatever. And, and that's diff- I think that's, that's different than what we're talking about, which is resting in the goodness of God and celebrating the promises of God. That you will rise from the dead, that Jesus will return to reverse every hardship and heal every wound and wipe every tear from every eye. Um, and in the meantime, we, we even have promises in Scripture that God will use the things that we're going through, even counterintuitively, for our good in, in, in bringing us into greater Christ-likeness, which is uh, the point of the Sunday series that we're in. Uh, he can use anything to do that, and this is no exception, to uh, test us, improve our character, to grow our faith, but ultimately... When we say we're operating, we, we have faith in the goodness of God here and now. We're resting in his true character and we're really clinging to the promises of God that no matter what comes, we will be okay. That we're among those who have been freed from the slavery of the fear of death. Like we, we're freed. Uh, because of the hope that we have in jesus and it's that radical hope we have faith in that radical hope not faith that nothing bad will ever come to us but the end result is the same that we actually walk in this confidence we walk in this victory of jesus and uh, we celebrate his promises so um, any other thoughts before we close
1: i think just that everyone would know that we're in this together um god over and over says he's with us but we're with you guys too we're going through the same types of things emotions um isolation that you are and we pray for you every day and we just want you to know that we're going to we're going to weather this thing and come out stronger so
0: Tracy would you uh, just pray for us as we end the podcast
1: yeah lord we come before you uh thankful that you love us thankful that you made a way that we could be with you Eternity, Lord, we thank you that you your promises over and over and over say, uh, "Fear not, you are going to be with us, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the outcome." Lord, you say that we will be with you, so we thank you for that. We we just uh, put our hope and our faith and our trust in you, and we cling to the truth of your word that says, regardless of circumstance, uh, you are there. You are a strong fortress in our tower. So, Lord, uh, provide for those who might be facing fear. I pray that your presence would permeate the space around them. Fill their heart and their mind, Lord, with peace that is promised by your Holy Spirit. And uh, we look forward to the day where we can we can grasp hands and, and give real, real-time hugs to one another. But until that time, Lord, uh, be with us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank <laughs> you.